If you enjoy Champions for Children, be sure to check out the new podcast from Nemours Children's Health, Well Beyond Medicine. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or at NemoursWellBeyond.org to continue hearing the stories of anything and everything related to the 80% of child health impacts that occur outside the doctor's office. And now, the episode of Champions for Children you requested. Enjoy! I tell like my wife or my mom trying to explain what I do, almost like an internal consultant. You go around and helping people to really improve how we do things. And a lot of that is problem solving. It's about continuously improving the organization. Welcome to the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. I'm Carol Vassar, and that's the voice of Associate Kevin McCormick, talking about a role he took on just two months ago, Continuous Improvement Specialist. Kevin is no stranger to Nemours. He's in his seventh year here, having previously been in a clinical role as a physical therapist and serving as director of operations for the Department of Orthopedics. Kevin and his wife, who is also a physical therapist, and their young son moved to the Wilmington, Delaware area to be closer to family after having trained and worked in central New York and New York City. His clinical and managerial experience, plus a master's degree in business administration and a drive to positively impact the lives of others, made him a perfect fit for Nemours, a healthcare enterprise he'd never even heard of before moving to Delaware. But he did his research and quickly became a fan. Here's Kevin McCormick. Just learning and reading about it, it was very impressive to me. Um, I worked at a larger medical center previously, and I'm used to that environment. I like being in a large academic setting where there's a lot of learning and teaching and a lot of focus on on the the best quality of care. But Nemours had such a unique aspect to it. The idea of this gentleman, A.I. DuPont, who had this trust that he left to help uh, a hospital system was just very fascinating to me. And then uh, when I did interview, I just really did fall in love with the the culture, the people, the way of thinking. And I, I've been very happy since then. Talk a little bit about the culture. You've worked in a large, major metropolis healthcare mm-hmm. system. Talk about the culture difference. I'm assuming there's some sort of difference between NYU and Nemours. Yeah. And I think everyone has their, their niche in the market and how they advertise. And when I was there, it was all about like world-class care best care. And and that's, you were just proud to be a part of the organization and you went and did your work every day. But the differentiator is that Nemours really cares about the people and the families, and they will go the extra mile to do whatever it takes in essence to help a family or patient have a great experience. So not only are they providing good care, but they really care about people wanting to come here and having a good experience. And I feel like that culture is prevalent. And it's like with all the people, like people really, especially the people that are engaged in their work and love what they do, they really feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves. And they just want to do a great job. And it's sort of like a motivator. So the the culture is pretty contagious. I mean, right now, it's been a rougher patch with surviving a pandemic, and there's been staffing shortages. So it's put a lot of strain on 
people and the work environment. But in the end of the day, I think it's so great to have like a philosophy and an in a organization that wants to improve, that they want to get better, that they want to provide the best experience that allows you to still hang on to that, even though we're dealing with a lot. The Nemours culture of caring that Kevin talks about is an aspect of the organization to which he can personally attest. You see, during the pandemic, Kevin lost his father-in-law as a result of COVID-19. But he knew as he and his family struggled with their loss, that his fellow associates would support them and carry them as long as was necessary. Kevin McCormick. That's the thing, like as, as tough as times can be and um, as much as at the end of the day, we're in a business and if you can't treat patients and make a profit to keep the organization floating, right? Like that's very important. But when people are having personal issues, like I've always seen that trump out over anything, right? Like even if somebody can't be as productive or they have to maybe miss work for a little bit, which is not ideal. That's why I'm just mentioning that, right? Because you can't sustain that for everyone. But but when people are struggling, I've always seen people step up to the plate, whether it's their manager, their director, their colleagues, whether it's supporting them individually with words of encouragement or sending flowers or right? My former boss, Nancy Carlin, she's like, you take as much time as you need. You need to take care of yourself. You need to be there for your family. Like, and it was, and I fully believed her. I'd never had to worry about, oh my goodness, I need to be at work today. There's this meeting. I was like, no, I have to take care of myself. And I, I feel that with my new team. Like I met with my boss last week and she's like, you you have to reflect <laughs> about you, on you. And, and are you taking care of yourself? Like I have a log that I have to fill out. And one of the categories is like, what are you doing to take care of yourself? Like you have to, you can't lose sight of it. So that's what inspires me the most about Nemours is that I do feel that not only do they have a good product, good people, but they, they really do care about you as an individual and help you when, when you need the help. What do you think the biggest contributing factors are to the culture aside from the history of AI DuPont. Can you give me some tangible examples of how the culture really works for both the patients, families, and the associates? On a personal level, right? We all have our own philosophies and our backgrounds and how we were raised and how we were, that's where you gather and and build your values. And I feel like Nemours has sort of ingrained its own set of values that sort of helped our culture develop. And one of that is the standards of behavior. So on the back of everyone's ID badge, there's 10 standards. And I've really related to them. When you step back and think about it, I even think about how I've pulled them into my personal life <laughs> and dealing with my wife or my kids or uh, people in, in general, right? Like look in the mirror first about accountability or leverage separate realities. Like you have to stop and really think about somebody else. So to me, um, your first day of orientation, you go over your standards of behaviors. And I feel people really do try to live by them. And and it's not just a list that you don't know. Like I actually know the list, right? There's some other concepts that I probably wouldn't do as well if you quizzed me, but those I know. And they're in our annual performance management. You're supposed to talk about your standards of behaviors and people use those terms. And, and we at Nemours have a, a system called Motivosity. It's newer. It's about a year or two old. And uh, what you do is you can go on and send a kudos. So basically a thank you to anyone that you work with. And and when you do it, you sort of choose the standard of behavior it's linked to. Like, hey, Carol, 
thank you so much for your time today. I had a great experience. I think you did a great job with what you did. And you can send it and you can say model high performance and send it to the person. And it just is a way to recognize them. So we really are about supporting and motivating each other. And I think when you have that positive atmosphere, it does sort of transcend and go to our patients. One, it helps with your interactions with families and patients to make sure you're treating them appropriately. And then if you're not treating them appropriately, it it gives you an opportunity to reflect on your own performance or to even, I hate to say, call out your colleagues, but you can be like, hey, so-and-so seemed like you were getting a little upset. Is there anything I can do? Do you want to talk about it? How could you maybe handle it a little differently? That type of thing. So it's a nice forum. And then if I can just add as I'll keep plugging, I'm so I'm really excited about my new job, but the idea of continuous improvement is a philosophy that's sort of prevalent in our organization. So there's different components of continuous improvement. One of them is daily management. So everybody goes to a huddle every day. And that huddle is a place for you to surface problems and and talk about things and how they're going and how we can improve things. That's all part of this continuous improvement philosophy. So it's not just like, this is how we do things. This is how it is. It's sort of, well, why do we do it this way? How can we make it better? Is there a way we can improve the process? So we have this culture of people that are pretty well behaved, a culture of always wanting to change and improve. And that's not only for our associates benefit, but it's really for our patients and our families. We, we consider in continuous improvement, patients and families are our only customer. Everyone else we call partners just to engage with, right? We work together collaboratively to help our customers and patients. So that to me is the foundations of our culture. I want to ask you, when you saw the standards of behavior the first time, were you aware that this was something Nemours did? And how did that kind of align with your own personal values? I did not know they existed. I, I know every organization has their mission, their vision, they have their values as you will. Um, but this was the most I've ever seen them spelled out. And they even spend time to go through them and talk about what they are. And the fact that the organization really incorporates them, I think is what makes them resonate. Like I could not tell you what were the values of my last organization. I've worked a couple of places that I don't even think they had formal values. Like I'm assuming they did, but I, I don't know, maybe they mentioned it once, maybe I read it on a paper, but I never, I don't know what they are. So that's, I think, an important foundational step is that the first thing you hear is about our values. And then it's reinforced throughout your time at Memoirs. For me personally, I think I was mentioning that they just resonate with me. They make sense. And it's a, a nice way to stop and, and think about things. It's a nice framework. So I do use them all the time. I, I really do. Like I've been having a lot of home improvement process projects done at my house recently and trying to have contractors and people come in and calling them and they don't return calls or they're late on it. And I'm like, you know what? I always, it's just a personal philosophy. I always give somebody the benefit of the doubt because I'm not them. I don't know what they're experiencing. Their car could have broken down. Their phone could have broken. They could be having a personal tragedy. It's not for me to judge. So to me, that's the idea of the leverage separate realities. I'm like, I I, I just can't do it. I, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, right? So I do now use those standards. And yeah, and I've gone over them maybe in a passive aggressive way with my wife every once in a while, like, Hey, this is one concept we have at work. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about it. And just, you know, it, it's, it's been a nice, 
conversation starter. <laughs> talk, talk about the importance of employee engagement to the overall patient experience. What's the connection there? Why is that so important? So we, everyone in the organization, usually annually at minimum, receives a, a survey to talk about how engaged are you. And I think it's another one of those like cultural items that we all know that engagement is important to our organization or enough that they're asking and they want people to be engaged. It's very important because I, I think with anyone in any industry, like you go to work and it can be a job, right? It's your job. It's what you do. You may like what you do. It may be what provides for your family or for yourself. And that's your connection to it. And you can go to work and you do a great job and you can be very happy. But to me, engagement is that next step. Like, I mean, you can go to work, you can do what you love to do and you can do that anywhere. But if you're engaged, you feel another connection to your team or to your organization. And that's how I view engagement. Is it somebody that believes in what they're doing and believes in the mission, the values of their company, and they're willing to put in that extra effort or go the extra mile to help the, the team or the organization be successful? And then similarly, if you get another job offer, like, I mean, right now, you have things in your face all the time, right? If you're on LinkedIn, they can send you, here's a new job, here's this, or you, you network and social media, there's so many opportunities to be evaluating other careers and other companies. If you're engaged, then you probably don't really have a reason or a want to leave your company, right? You feel connected, you feel you're supported. And when you have people that not only love or do a good job, but they love their company, then there's no way that can't translate to the patient experience. I, it comes across like you can, I feel, <laughs> I can tell you, I know I can be like that employee is engaged, that person's engaged, that person's content, and then that person's actively disengaged, right? Like you can, for me, at least I have an understanding or a perception of what I think is engaged versus what isn't engaged. And I think there's a direct correlation to the quality of work and the, the patient outcome or the patient experience. What are the little things that you notice about an employee who might not be engaged? Or maybe the flip side of that, what do you notice about engaged employees? Uh, so to me, engaged employees not only like live the standards of behaviors, they promote the standards of behaviors, and they're the ones that will go the extra mile. They'll stay late. They'll go get something for a family. They'll be willing to escalate an issue at a huddle or bring it up to a manager or not give up on it if they're told no or now is not the right time. That You can tell that they're passionate and they really care about either their work or the organization. And as you move down, somebody, as I was saying, they can be a great employee. They can love what they do. They may just not be in love with the mores or their their work. And that's where I feel like sometimes you just see that like, hey, I'm here. I'm a doctor. I love treating patients. Oh, you want me to do that? Nah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I have time. I don't know if I'm interested. Like that that's going to pull me a lot. Or it, those are the types of ways that I feel like somebody's not like maybe overly engaged in, in the organization or their work. And then disengaged <laughs> people are almost the people that, I mean, they can present themselves in, in two ways. One is they're just sort of checked out. They don't tell you there's any problems. Yeah, right, everything's great. They do the, the minimum and they try to get out of there or they can be very vocal and be like, 
this is horrible. I don't like this. I'm not doing that. Can you believe it? They're sort of the pastors that are stirring the pot for the wrong reasons to bring things down versus to help elevate or work through it, right? So continuous improvement. We love problems. It's about surfacing problems. That's that's we want problems every day. You should come to huddle and bring your problems. We want every problem surfaced because that gives us an awareness to figure out what is going on, what needs to be solved, what needs to be improved. If you come with problems just to try to have a platform or to cause problems, then that's not helping solve problems or move us forward. So Talk about the various teams you've worked with. You've been here seven years, three different positions, and you've worked with any number of fellow associates. Talk about the teams you've worked with. Is there anyone who has kind of stood out to you for, I mean, I know everybody is usually going above and beyond with with discretionary effort, but is there some situation or some associate perhaps who really stood out to you serving a family or another associate? Yeah, that's a tough one just from the idea of excluding because uh, the thing at Nemours and that keeps me motivated and makes me want to do better and be better is I feel like there's so many people that love their jobs and go that extra mile. And so much of what I feel that I try to do well, a lot of it I role model from other people or take from other people. And that's helped me develop. If I could sort of evade your question one way and then I'll answer it more directly. The evasion would be like, it really is amazing the frontline um, associates that are dealing with patients directly and all the supporting services and, and staff. I mean, it is a it's a tough time. Like I'm I'm sure the pandemic may have impacted you or your life or you know somebody, but people are dealing with a lot. It's a lot of stress, and you come to work and you have that stress on your mind on your shoulders, and then you have to do a job, and your job it requires you to interact or interface with with people that that are coming to you they have a problem they have a need they like need you and you have to be your best version of yourself to help them and to me that's truly remarkable and to take that one step further i would even say the the management of those teams i think are probably in the toughest position and and in really shining and doing the best because you think about it and i think their teams would agree with what i'm saying i'm not diminishing anyone's frontline efforts but they are there to support their teams that are treating those patients, but they are also supporting those associates who have all their own personal issues and problems. Um, so it's another layer of stress. And then a lot of them are now being asked to do additional roles because we have people that have left the organization or for health reasons aren't there and we have a staffing issue. So they're dealing with their own problems. They're dealing with their associates problems. They're helping support patient care. They're doing extra work. And I find that fascinating in my previous role as the director of operations in orthopedics, I had a th- three team members that reported into me and they, to me, in my mind are exemplary associates and really live the values and they will do anything for their team. Um, I'll mention one just cause I know she would be upset that I said her name, Amy Lewis. She's the business office manager in our orthopedic area. And she doesn't even think twice. Like she helps manage all of our administrative assistants, all of our scheduling team. And she's been scheduling for like a few months because of staffing issues. And she comes in, she schedules, she still fits in time to do her own work. She has her own life events that she's dealing with outside of work. And she always comes and does a great job. And and if she's not feeling well, not 
not not feeling well meaning like where she shouldn't be at work but she doesn't even think twice she's like i have to be at work i have to and i'm like no you can take some time like we'll survive but she'll do it i there's times where i know she's on the phone a family needs to come in and she'll spend almost the whole day helping this family she'll call the ed to find out what happened to get the notes to make sure the right orders put in and then she'll call that person's insurance company to see if we can get them in. And and if they won't, she'll escalate it. And then she calls the imaging company to see if they could push the images for the patient to get them in in an hour, because that's the only time the family could make it in their schedule. Like doesn't even blink. She's also somebody that one day I heard she like gave somebody a ride home. Like they just needed a ride. Like they were, their ride was running late. It was going to be another hour. This was like five thirty, six o'clock, which was past her shift. And then she said, I'll, I'll take you home. And she has kids that she needs to get home to. She has parents that she cares for. And she took the time to go take that associate back and never even said anything of it. Like I heard of it. And I was like, well, that's sort of pretty cool. Like you're awesome. And uh, it's people like that. And that's just like one person, one example that I encounter all the time. There's amazing people, but same thing. It makes me, it challenges me to be even better, right? So. Exactly. So talk about your, your current team. I mean, I, Amy, it sounds like was on the previous team. Talk about the current team that you're working with in continuous improvement. Who are they? What do they do? How are they reporting to you? And tell me how awesome sure. they are. Yeah, so uh, we have Kelly Olmstead is the vice president of transformation now for the organization. And uh, the transformation department includes on project management, strategic deployment, and continuous improvement. And I report into Connie Pantano, who's the director of continuous improvement. And then there's probably eight of us that are continuous improvement specialists or on the team. And um, it, it's truly remarkable. I don't know if you've ever, um, like, I love Nemours. I love the people I've worked with. But like the first meeting I had with my team, I was like, these are my people, <laughs> like similar personalities, similar values, s- similar interaction. And they're like, so nice. Like all they want to do is help. Like they will do anything to help you. What can I do for you? They check in with you, but that's sort of a reflection of what they're tasked or what they do for the organization. And it's all about providing support to our colleagues and associates with problem solving, right? So we try to promote the mindset of continuous improvement. We try to help with the management system of it, which is the huddle system at Nemours. And then there's a lot of methods and tools that we implement that can be used to help. So um, they're just great humans, great associates. I would put them all in the engaged category. And I'm really excited to learn from them and to be able to spend time doing a little different role in the organization where I really feel and something that is important to me is really helping people feel supported in their work and solve some of the larger problems maybe that our organization's facing. And in the end, it all ties back to the patients and to help the patients and the families have a better experience. So how do you feel when you leave at the end of the day? Or I, I'm assuming you're working from home. Uh, yes. How do you feel when you finish at the end of the day? <clears throat> I'm very fortunate. I'm in a a new position, a new start. It's sort of like a restart, a refresh button in this crazy environment. Like I can't over (laughs) or undersell how, how crazy the healthcare industry is at this time. So it's been very refreshing for me. And everything I'm doing right now is about learning and learning on how I can help 
others. So it's very rewarding, very refreshing. I, I'm leaving feeling great about myself and I'm really excited for the future. And I realize it's not maybe shared by everyone at this time, but that's where I am. Kevin McCormick is a continuous improvement specialist with Nemours in the Delaware Valley. Your Associate Stories. That's what the Nemours Champions for Children podcast is about. Right now, we're planning podcast recording sessions for December 2021 and January 2022, and you can be part of it. Simply share your story idea via email, podcast at Nemours.org. That's podcast at Nemours.org. We record remotely at your convenience, individually, or in groups. The Champions for Children podcast is found on Nemoursnet and the Nemours Now app and wherever you find your other favorite podcasts. Many thanks to Peter Adebi and Deborah Griffin for their production assistance this week. Our music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions in Turner's Falls, Massachusetts. On behalf of Kevin McCormick, I'm Carol Vassar, and thank you for listening to the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. Until next time, stay safe, stay well. And thank you for all you do for the children and families we serve.